What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And we are finally back for a brand new episode yeah. of Spread the Dread, episode 34. Yes, after a very long and unplanned hiatus. <laughs> yes, and I know, and I kept trying to be like, hey guys, you know, like, we're, it's not, and I know everyone was like, no, you, I think you guys might be done. <laughs> But it's not the case. You're still Joe is still doing this very much pregnant. How far along exactly are you now, babes? I am 32 weeks. So I am eight months pregnant right now. Right. Yeah. So Zuzu and Bailey we're still at school. So like, yeah. as I say, like shit yeah. got fucking yeah. So the future like, princess of the dreadheads, Zuzu, <laughs> she's still stewing in there. She's getting beautiful and and big and long and all that other stuff. And yeah, Joe's still doing her RN stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm back at the office full time. Yeah. You know, I was working through, I, you know, I was one of the fortunate ones with the pandemic. I could work from home and shit like that. So, uh, but now I'm back in the office full time. So that's, that's kind of where everything's kind of been just up in the air. Cause trying to settle into like new rhythms and new schedules and trying to figure out where like shit kind of comes back together. And then. I th- what maybe I had a great pregnancy up until what maybe like a week ago and then oh yeah all shit broke loose. yeah we were hoping to to get back on recording like a week or two ago yeah uh, and then you you started getting like really sick to the point where like we had to go to the hospital a couple of times yeah emergency you- room with twice within twenty four hours yeah yeah and and both of them were at, at extremely inconvenient times <laughs> for me personally dreadheads in case you're wondering how your boy's doing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, we got through that. She's good. The Zuzu's fucking kicking ass. Literally, you know, we're gonna put up My pictures. Ass. Yeah. We're gonna put up pictures of the godchild of the dreadheads before long. So you got something that you can put on your wall and <laughs> give fucking apple slices, <laughs> juice boxes, and lit incense to. Uh, but yeah, no, it's great to be back finally for this. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna honestly, Joe, we've got to treat this the right way. Uh, if you've your left, right way makes me question everything. <laughs> right. Well, so since the 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 hiatus that we didn't mean to take, yes, we officially reached one year as a podcast. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And thanks to all of the everyone who's listening, new and old, and and everyone. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if you're hearing this in the future, like you know, we made it. Yeah. Um, Which is a big deal. For us. Right. Well, and, and you know, and I always, because we were able to put the pedal to the metal for a little bit near the end of pandemic while we were kind of still stuck at home to the point, you know, we started the, the Fright Flick Fuck Mary Kill series. So for a while there, we were putting out two episodes a week and things like that. So like we're on episode 34 of the, of the show. Yes. You know, spread the dread, me and you. And that's the other thing too, is like, it, it, you know, if Joe gets busy, a, this doesn't pay our bills, but like I, I could never do this show without Joe. So I don't like, know. Maybe no, an extra case no. of beer, and I think he'd be all no. right. <laughs> an extra case of beer, and people would just hear me snoring on a podcast, <laughs> and a few of you sick fucks might get off to or it. I should say case, yeah, like a set, you know, like the three. <laughs> yeah, maybe a tall boy or two. But no, like this is this is our thing. So like you know where we talk, like you know. We, we've got some future plans for some stuff. We're not letting anything out of the bag yet or anything like that. But, you know. It, it, we got some ideas. We got to mull over. Yeah, but for this, for the main show here, this is me and Joe. You know, mm-hmm. we started this shit. But now, you know, pandemic's over. Quarantine's over. This ain't a political podcast. So uh, whatever that made you feel, you know, fucking, I don't know, swallow that shit like the rest of us. Um, but 
so yeah, it, it's it's things had to kind of change speeds a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's and and honestly, the the pregnancy is the biggest thing. Yeah, because Zuzu has been a complete fucking diva while she's been. This is our first girl, by the way. You know, we have two boys, so yeah. so Joe's like, oh, you know, my third pregnancy. Well, yeah, of course it's a girl, so everything's different. Absolutely. God right. Damn, absolutely. Right. Any of you, but physically, I was great. Like I was saying, like up until like maybe a week or two ago, I physically perfectly fine. I uh, got around, was getting around fine, and then I got hit with some like coming a kind of like weird upper GI thing that was causing contractions. Like son of a bitch, here we go. Um, but yeah, still starting off the pregnancy. But yeah, I'm still like negative weight. Yeah. So yeah, it's been an interesting one up yeah. until this last yeah. point. Yeah, she's yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Anybody who's you know fucking carried diva. a fucking kid, you know, yeah. they're all different. Yeah. There is no normal when it I comes to that. I think it's the shit. hormones. I think it's like the female female hormones. I think that's why I'm all over the place. <laughs> you two are having like literally like internal cat fights. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like my teenage years. Oh, ten times oh, worse. Everyone, everyone, if you, if John you pray, will probably at that point. I don't have, care if you pray to like God, point. Allah, Satan, whoever you pray to, or you know, you burn some sort. Of, remember my hairline because my father, I love him to pieces. Dad, I know sometimes you listen and you're disappointed, but I love you. <laughs> uh, and both of my brothers, and I know my my oldest brother listens religiously cuz he's as fucked up as me. And the middle one, he's the he's well, he's he's the older than me, but he's he's, he's more the of most a, normal. <laughs> he, yeah, he's the normal one, so he might tune in every now and then and be like, "All right, I've heard too many swear words or that's fucking gross." And he tunes out, but I love them both. But either way, they you, my dad and both my brothers, they they succumbed to whatever heritage hairline we had. I've avoided that. Yeah. I have great hair. Both of my brothers were kind of, which is, it worked out great because they both went into the armed services. Shout out to the troops. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. So, yeah, they're going to yeah. cut it close anyways. So, it's exactly, not like they're really Exactly. Their hair. So, if I, if I can survive Zuzu. Then with, with my hair intact, because I dreadheads, I need to be a silver fox. <laughs> I know I'm going to go on like a peyote journey one day, and I'm going to learn that, that that's true. But I digress. We're not here to talk about all this other stuff. I know you guys love catching up with us and stuff like that, and we're being a bit chatty. But we're here, Joe, on episode 34 of Spread the Dread to talk about Moses Sithole, the ABC killer. Now, right before we get into him, let's get down to the fucking business, Joe. If they want to do anything involving Spread the Dread, what's the best place on the internet for them to go to? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And Joe, what are they going to find there? Fucking everything. (laughs) <laughs> exactly everything you're gonna get you're, hey we have a player Podbean. they're great they host us we have a Podbean player there you can access us no matter where you are via apps or a website if you go to spreadthedreadpodcast.com yep. you also get links to our store donations all kinds of other stuff all of our social media you should definitely be following us on ig facebook it is what the fuck it is we have a facebook we're uh, not really on it. <laughs> we're not, but if like if you message us on there and shit like that, yeah, we I get think, those yeah. notifications and stuff. And, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, for hundred percent, we do we do that. But like again, most of our people are on IG. I like IG. Yeah. We like IG. But whatever, we're on both of those, and you can find all of that at spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And again, don't forget about the the store. 
me and Joe have already been kind of cooking up new merchandise ideas. And I'm going to be honest with you, Dreadheads. You guys know we do this show because we love it. And you guys have bought merch from us. Yes. And y'all have sent donations. And it all goes 100% back into this podcast. But the site that we sell our merch on, they charge us. Mm-hmm. So if there's a piece of Hell, merch. The, the website we use to host the website, the podcast. Um, or yeah. We, yeah, no we, yeah, all of that. that shit. That's normal yeah. stuff. But. But we love the, it. <laughs> yeah, but with the merch store, it, there's tiered out when you're offering certain different, uh, how many uh, different variations or artworks you're offering. Yeah, yeah. So if there's been something that y'all have been sitting there really thinking about, hey, I'd really like to get a shirt of that or I'd like to get a sticker of that, I don't know yet what we're going to have to retire when we bring out these new designs, but definitely keep that in mind. And if, because hey, we're not a political show, but most of you motherfuckers that listen to us, you guys are in a, you know, the U.S. or the or the U.K. and shit like that. But prices are up all over the fucking world. Yeah. No, I don't give. We're not talking fucking politics here. This is real fucking shit. And if you want to represent the fucking badass dreadheads you are, Joe, there is a simple way to get free merch from us. Is there not? Yeah. And what do they got to do for it? Just leave us a review. A five-star review on Apple or Spotify. You screen not, screenshot that shit. Send that to us in a private message on Facebook or IG or spread the dread podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And you give us that in your mailing address, and we're going to send you out some free five-star super spreader spread the dread podcast stickers. Yep. It's fucking free. Now, you do have to give us your address. I will go ahead and say, as all of you know, we live in South Carolina, and we're, uh, we're going to talk about that a lot coming up because it's now summer here, and as my good buddy Ken put it, today the humidity was so bad it felt like someone plugged in an electric blanket, fucking soaked it, and then slapped you in the face with it. <laughs> it, is, it is that kind of humidity here. It but yeah. Sticky. But yeah, so there you go. There's the website. If you want to go to the store, you can do that. You can do the donation. And again, if you don't have the money, there's no fucking worries. We have the stickers on standby. And I will say this because we've been on a little bit of a, like I said, we decided, you know, it was definitely an unplanned hiatus. Mm -hmm. If some of y'all have messaged us with the screenshot of your review and being like, hey, we need, we, we are behind on those. Pull up your Facebook or your IG message or what have you and just refresh and remind us because we do want to send out, a, you know, whatever we're going to send out, we want to catch that up this upcoming weekend. So definitely do that. Joe, are we covered? Yes, we're covered. We've wasted 11 and a half minutes of their fucking time to get to the good shit that everyone's here for. I know y'all like catching up, as I've said prior, and we like catching up with you. But now, Joe, it is time. To get into the heart and soul of episode 34, we're talking about Moses Sithole, the ABC killer. Now, Dreadheads, we are definitely not out of practice enough to where I can, I would forget how to fucking kick this off. So let's talk about Moses Sithole. Joe, lay down that bio like only you know how to do. Uh, Moses Sithole is born November 17th, 1964, and Vos Loris Go- Goting, 
South Africa. It's probably a good idea, and I'm going to say this. Uh, not out of practice on fucking up before a name. <laughs> I will say this, though, because I've noticed, and, and a big thank you to everybody, because our plays have been fucking fantastic, even during this yeah, drought. I was very And surprised. we're getting new follows and new mm-hmm. likes. So all the old school, OG, new dreadheads, all of y'all, we appreciate it. But for the new ones, this is a great episode to point this out. We are not here to dictate uh, or, or uh, pronunciate certain, <laughs> certain words fine. We're going to try our best because we're not fucking assholes. But uh, yeah, Moses Sithole comes from, uh, I, I'll say, uh, Vosloris Galting, South Africa. So strap yourself in. Don't get offended. We're going to butcher this shit. <laughs> Joe, right back to you. <laughs> you um it's actually an area that's uh it's like a black residential area just south of boxburg south and, and Africa. you and everyone needs to remember especially some of the younger ones we're talking we're talking apartheid times we're talking 64 in south africa i'm not going to get into all of that that's uh, we're not here to do history but so when we say something like a black residential area it, that was probably like a blacks only area in that time frame in South Africa, I could be wrong. I'm sure some asshole on YouTube will correct me without providing links to all the shit they said was bad. You motherfucker, you know who you are. Right. I wanted to get that off my chest. Okay. Right back to it. Wow, I am out of pocket on that. All right. So when he was, <laughs> <laughs> so when he was five years old, his father died. A few months later, his mother ended up abandoning him and his four siblings in a police station. Beforehand, she instructs them to never tell the officers she was their mother. That's uh, that that's fun. That's uh, you know, because like I wish I. And that's I mean, not gonna, you know, that's not gonna fuck them up at no, all. No, that's never gonna get your kid on Spread the Dreads podcast. I promise you that. However, in this one-off case here, <laughs> uh, I, I I wanted to dig more about the mother, uh, but it, I mean. Again, you got to think, you're in 64 South Africa. You're not getting the best records here and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I would imagine at this point, you know, he said he was five when his father died. So let's imagine, let's give it two years of the mom trying to kind of hold everything together. Being a single parent, again, you're talking 64 South Africa, a ton of poverty and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Moses is sitting here. And at like what, somewhere between the age of six and eight, and this is five. all thrust upon him. Yeah, yeah. As five, his dad dies, and then months later, his mom abandons. So he's like five, like five I, and a half. And I would, I mean, maybe there was one older than him, but I, it would seem because of his age, he was probably the oldest. Yeah, I don't know, but they were actually uh, interned into the orphanage of Badani and later transferred to, oh, fuck, KwaZulu Natal. There we go. We'll go with that. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck this up. See, all look at see, this is crazy because everyone who listens to get offended, it's usually me that they're offended at. And look at me, I'm just rolling that shit off. All I know, no, no, you got a foreign tongue. The for sure. like, I suck. At, yeah, no, it's well, I, it's because of living with you and your mom. You, yeah. When you guys will start talking Tagalog and Visaya the few times, that's Filipino, by the way, for anyone <laughs> new here. That's some. <laughs> In Philippines, you speak That's English. That's funky Asian Spanish. Yeah, in Philippines, <laughs> you speak English and Tagalog. And then depending on which island and what fucking longitude right. and latitude you're at, you speak a different version of that. So for Joe's mom, it's Visaya and Tagalog. Or Saboyan. So, What's that? It's the same thing. Visaya, Saboyan, it's the island. There you go. 
And all I know is when that happens, I think that they're angry, but they're just literally doing like recipe exchanges. And there's a lot of Spanish in there. And because of my shitty Southern Spanish that I took for three years, I'm just like randomly, you'll say something. I'm like, I know what that was. Ooh, I know what pollo is. Yes, yes. They're talking about chickens of some sort. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. I like um, chicken. <laughs> Claiming mistreatment, uh, Sithole ran away after three years and ended up living with his older brother, Patrick. So at this point, again, we said he was five. Months later, the mother, we don't know exactly months, but let's go ahead and assume we'll round it up to six. So he was there, uh, it said Until what? nine, six to nine years three old. Year, yeah, so he's a runaway. Yeah, at, well, yeah somewhere between nine, between late or really late eight-year-old and maybe even early 10-year-old. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So um, after an unspecified time, Patrick moved to Venda and said he sold their house without permission. Ooh. How the fuck do you manage? Hey, you know, I didn't grow up in 1964 <laughs> South Africa. I think you can tell that when you hear the way I talk <laughs> and stuff like that, especially since I do this podcast drinking beer. So it sometimes my southerness inflects out, but. <laughs> I would imagine in that time from what there's probably the, no paperwork. Yeah, no, I'm, the public I keep education on that, that I got at the hands of America and, you know, fucking that's the that's the gold star of public education <laughs> worldwide. I would imagine this was normal. I guess so. But, you know, I, I could be wrong. <laughs> Someone on YouTube will tell me. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Go ahead. All right. So afterwards. Uh, Sithole had several menial jobs and farms and gold mines uh, in and around Johannesburg. Yeah, that's like the capital area, too. That's like, that's a big dog city there. But there's a shitload of poverty in Johannesburg. I mean, isn't every big city got a shit ton of poverty? I mean, we got Charlotte near us, and there is, but I I mean, a lot of people may be like, that's not the biggest city, you know. But yeah, I mean, but like Johannesburg, like, there's giant fucking districts, like, one of our favorite movies, Ch- District Phoenix 9. sections it's, of Chicago, you don't fucking sit, you know, step foot in if you're so a neighborhood I'm so scared kid. to go to Chicago, and I kind of want to go because, like, <laughs> you're from Illinois. And I feel like if you're from Illinois, everyone's like, you got to go to Chicago. Like, if you lived in New York, I don't care if it was, like, in fucking Syracuse. <laughs> if you're like, oh, if someone's like, oh, yeah, I grew up in New York. Like, oh, <laughs> You got to make the pilgrimage to like, New York. Like, where in New York? And you're like, you oh, go Syrac- to Mecca. You're like, oh, Syracuse. And like, that. how far is that from New York City? And they're like, a lot. <laughs> You know, it's the you know, like that's like I think up uh, somewhere it's around the region of Buffalo. Mm. You know, shit like that. So, but yeah, I, I want it, but I don't. They know, like, yeah, but I every like, big city, every big city has, you know, I mean, Chicago is really fucking lit. But go it ahead, is. yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Like Johannesburg it's, it's, is yeah. too. So, um, he the liked Chicago to help- of South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up liking to help street children return many runaways to their parents. He was also considered charming and a ladies' man. Ah. so that's very interesting. So, so all right now, all right, so is, he, is your psychology speaking right now? I th- oh, no, no, in a good way. We got to alert everybody. Is, oh, is well, Joe's guess- bachelor's in psychology kind of talking right now? Uh, not really. Not in a bad way. I'm just no, asking. No, I, I, I didn't really have any kind of inference from it. I just thought it was just interesting that he could still be empathetic to people that may have been brought up in the same situation. He didn't have like a outward, outward portrayal of hatred towards other people that may have um, uh, done him or done kids the same way he had gotten done, if that makes sense. Like, you know, like being pissed off at a mother had left a kid out there and being pissed off at, at how he was treated, you know. 
he didn't have any of that. He was just empathetic to the kid's situation. No, I think that's I awesome. I was interesting. No, I think that's awesome because I'm about to shit all over that because oh, uh, starting in 1987 <laughs> at the age of 22, uh, Sid Holt began raping women, Joe. There it is. There we go. There's where, uh, yeah, so there's where. There's it, where mommy hate comes from. There it is. That's where it shows is up. Is this Joe's BS in psychology? <laughs> no, B- it is. BS is bachelor's in science for anyone who's just like, why he's saying that? Is she done have it? Science no. Is a, science Joe is the smart one. That's why I say I'll never do this show without Joe because it works because I'm offensive, loud, and usually a little too drunk, and Joe's the educated one, but she's also mouthy, and that's why you guys tune in. <laughs> but yeah, Joe, uh, then starting in 1988, during all these crimes, uh, Sit Holt began a relationship with a 17-year-old girl in Boxburg. Oh, fucking hell. Hold on, everybody. Sipping guile. All right, I have Nahasi. to... I, I have a confession. My mic is too far away from my tablet. So if anyone hears this, I'm sorry, but we're going to zoom in. You're zooming in live with John right now. 17-year-old girl in Boxburg, Sibongail Nikosi. Uh, that's the best I could do. Probably somewhere in South Africa, I would imagine. But let's get to the reason why you fuckheads are really here. Of course... I mean, the 17-year-old thing, that's not that uncommon throughout the world. So, I mean, I, I won't... 17 and 22, yeah. Right. So, so, but, you know, again, the notes was that, you know, they started a relationship and he was, he, he mistreated her, Joey. Wasn't a very good partner and anything like that, which takes us to February of 1989. This is when he rapes a Swakamisa. So, let, let's get the white trash one on here. Uh, Boy, sweet. <laughs> well, now, if I'm doing it straight. Anybody who's listening to me that's around like the Arkansas, mm-hmm. Mississippi, Alabama, <laughs> northern Louisiana area, dirty I'm sorry. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, they're dirty. They're my people. Yeah, dirty but, South. But they're a little, you know, you could tell when you kind of cross over in those lines <laughs> with the accents a little yeah. bit. You might not know it if you're not from these parts, yeah, but it's different. Either nasally uh, or it goes palatine. But yeah, now so if I'm pronouncing it. it like them, it'd be by Iswa <laughs> Swa Kamisa. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, he he raped her and actually threatened her with a panga. Joe, what is what is a panga? South African machete. That's a dope ass word for big knife. Yeah, because you know, like I oh, it's a panga. Yeah, and I'm like, well, what's a? Why pang-? did it sound like you pronounced it like a Filipino? <laughs> because you and your mom like to talk <laughs> about stuff. I you know Sounded because so angry. Literally, because you you <laughs> know so perfect. But you know, though, everyone, easy, we're going to get right back into this, but if you have anyone that you know, love, or have talked to from the South Asian parts, you know what I'm about to talk to, particularly as a white boy that kind of had to infiltrate it. So learning from you and your mom, you were telling me, especially like when we were talking about that Vietnamese last name, I think it's pronounced Nguyen, Uh but it's like N-G-U-Y-E-N. As a Southerner. It really fucked me up the first time I saw that lit up in, it was lit up in neon at a dry cleaners. I'm sorry, everybody. If you think I'm racist, I don't know. Look at Google maps. I'm not racist. That's just the way it is. But I saw that and I was like, the fuck, how do you pronounce that? And I was like, Ngayan? But then you told me about the the sounds it makes and it's, you know some of the stuff going with, with the nasal yeah, passages. Every, every, yeah, every place is different because we were pronouncing Mwah. Mm. Wait, but hold on. Th- Those six letters would make what sound? No, 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 no. no. And the, the oh, the ng. Yeah, yeah, the be, ng. Say it again. It, it, mm, mm. Well, see, I'm sitting there like it's for the back. Mm, it's, it's, yeah, or you know, I don't know. Yeah, 
Yeah, Whatever. If you're different. Vietnamese and you listen to this show, I don't know. Fucking get at us. I would fucking love to hear from you. You know, your country looks really beautiful and all the stuff I've seen. But yeah, let us know. But back to Moses Sithole, Joe. So this happened in 89, February of 89 was when the documented rape mm-hmm. of, uh, I'm going to say, Buiswa Swami, uh, Swakim, Swakamiso, whatever. Yeah. But months later, Joe, what, what starts happening? So she ends up seeing Sithole standing outside her new workplace and end up uh, calling the police. And in, quote, a very unprofessional move, end quote, officers forced Sithole and Swakamisa to share the backseat of a police car as they drove them over to the station. That's, that's fucking really... That's literally someone's like, hey, he molested me. And they're like, all right, well, both of you get in the backseat. Yeah, it's so fucked. And like, the entire fucking- time... For the entire trip, he's over there, like, cursing at her and saying that he should have killed her. Really? I wonder if the cop in the car, like, to me, because I'm like, all right, well, like, in America, at least, that would have been where Moses Sithole ended. Like, the cop would have been like, yo, in the back seat the whole time, this motherfucker, and it's recorded, there's cameras, and again, you're talking about 64, too, though. Yeah. By the way, even America wasn't equipped with that shit. But I'm saying, like, nowadays, <laughs> that would have been the end of you. Yeah. Like, I should have killed you after I raped you. And we're like, well, I'm taking him to jail because this woman says that he raped her. And well, he's sitting there telling her that he should have killed her after he raped her. What I mean, now? at least, yeah, at least the cops caught him up on that one because he was sentenced to six years in prison. Boom. So while still incarcerated, he meets another woman named Martha who was visiting a relative in prison. And they began writing letters to each other. Eventually, Sithole was released in 93 for good behavior, and he moved to Pretoria with Martha and her parents. Okay. So this, I guess, went from relationship to uh, rape to, hey, I found me another victim all in one fell swoop. Well, yeah, I mean, I, the whole thing. The, the, thank you, Heavenly Father. No, I mean, it, you would, you, I mean, I'm sure psych, from a psych background, you could give me and, and everyone listening some details on it. But, like, the whole thing of, like, prison pen pals that turns into relationships has always fascinated me. I always sit there and I'm just like, you, y'all are fucking nuts. Like, mm-hmm. what? But there is definitely whether it's even damaged goods in a broad stroke of psychology uh, that, that leads them to that. I've always just found it really fucking fascinating, especially those that end up like marrying people that are on fucking death row. Like I know, like even those motherfuckers, like in some of your more liberal countries, maybe, I mean, especially if they're on death row. I mean, again, in your more liberal countries, I'm talking about like, Nordic, even America and stuff like that. People sit on death row for fucking decades, yeah. you know, but even then you're very tightly kept down. Like how many even regular visits where you can be in each other's presence? I'm not talking about through the plexiglass and I'm not even talking about conjugal, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've just always found it fascinating. Those who actually fell in love with people in prison. Again, Moses was only in there for how long you said, what, six years? Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and then he got out, but still, like, it's just, I don't know. Is there, what is the psychology behind that, or do you even not even know? Is that uh, more criminology? It's probably more criminology, but, like, the whole thing is that they always say that you end up kind of marrying your trauma. You know, you always end up being attracted towards your own trauma. That's crazy, because I don't remember being traumatized by a half-Asian thick girl <laughs> while I grew up. And I know who I'm with. <laughs> 
but no, like, you know, she she's going to be probably attracted to some similar type of chaos in which she lived in. So, you know, she's already got a family, a family member in prison. So that part of it's kind of being, being desensitized. You know, she meets somebody in prison. So it's not that big of a deal. So, again, you know, you're exposed to your trauma. It's not a big deal. Well, psychology aside, because obviously if we're talking about Moses Sithole and he has a nickname like the ABC Killer, he's here for a reason. So let's get into the good shit, Joe. Why all of you fucking weirdos are here. (laughs) Yes, Joe. And kick us off in July of 1994. Yep. And while Martha was five months pregnant with Sithole's daughter, Sithole lured an 18-year-old Maria Monama to Cleveland, Gauteng, a suburb of Johannesburg, uh, South Africa. All right, so he's still in around the Gauteng area where he mm-hmm. was born, uh, you know, bounced around a little bit again. We, we, we now know, at least through the notes, that Gauteng... they have a Cleveland. <laughs> That is crazy. Not spelling, but it's still the pronunciation has to That's be That's the exact correct spelling. I thought uh, our Cleveland was C-L-E-A. No. Nope. It's C-L-E-V-E. Okay, so we have now... <laughs> that's the other thing I'm really bad at, guys. You spelling. are, which makes sense because <laughs> you're going into medicine, and if anyone's ever had a doctor write you a prescription, you know for a fact that doctors <laughs> do not speak English. They don't speak any... Well, I, I got to be honest. If you're from a foreign country that speaks a foreign language, I would love for you to chime in on how your doctor's handwriting looks when they write prescriptions. Because in America, I'm sure that has to at least lead to like, I don't know, 10 to 15 like deaths a year. <laughs> doctors write like, I, I don't know, like someone else is moving their arm for them. It's absolutely nuts. So you not being able to spell will at least be covered up. But I guess you better make sure you're spelling them prescriptions right. Exactly. <laughs> Reading right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah that so, I'm fine with. But yeah. So he, he had lured 18-year-old Maria Monama. Uh, you know, he had lured her away. Again, he's, he's, he's living with Martha and she's five months pregnant with his kid. Uh, the bait that Moses Sithole used. This uh, is so shitty. Yeah. Like in all the following murders. Uh, was a desk job in a foundation named Youth Against Human Abuse. And uh, word to the wise, everybody, <laughs> uh, that goddamn thing didn't exist. It existed <laughs> on Moses' so sign. It, uh, maybe he had a sign. I doubt he had a polo with like, custom like embroidery. It's like he poked fun at himself for his fucking crimes. Are you shitting right? me? Human abuse. You son of a bitch. Right, right, absolutely. And after raping and shrugging, like a- <laughs> you can't sit there and do I know, a sign just- language money shot over the desk we're recording at when we're not recording it with video. And I literally was like, I went to the next I point on these notes. Word. I, I literally did no, no, fuck this, fuck this, because I know I'm the bad guy on this show. But I literally said, after raping and strangling, and in the middle, Joe, before I can name the girl, Joe, when it's kind of like a, and she did the, I'm jerking off my dick for like two or three strokes, and sploosh, and threw it on the desk. So all of everybody, y'all know what that is. That's, so yeah. So uh, for everyone who's offended, I don't know. I, I we sorry. probably just we probably just went to a new depth. Uh, but it's fine. So now back on point. After raping and strangling Manama with his own hands, Moses Sithole wrote three messages, Joe, on her skin. 
He wrote, uh, you know, in rough quotation, whoever's on YouTube that has sources they can't fucking get, provide a link to but criticize us. You have to explain that to me later. I will off air. Anybody else fucking go visit our YouTube, find that, you know, he, she, they, them, either or, neither nor. I respect all pronouns, but whoever that is, fucking asshole. And they ain't providing any links when they wanted to fucking challenge our shit. But I digress again. After raping and strangling Manama with his own hands, he, he wrote three messages on her skin, Joe. Uh, one was, she a beach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to imagine that he was going to say, like, she's a beach? Like that, or he spelled bitch wrong. Uh, yeah. I do not know. Uh, also, I am no fighting with you, please. And we must stay here for as long as you don't understand. What now, Joe, it is, be- yeah. it is believed that these messages were directed actually towards like law enforcement and the police and that for each time he actually killed Moses Sithole uh, actually imagine he was taking his revenge on Swakamisa uh, for reporting Okay, him. yeah, for the first one for okay. Right. So uh, I, that's weird. Right? Like this dude's got off the fucking rails. Yeah. And you praised him like 10 minutes ago for being like, hey, you had that shitty upbringing. Good on you for yeah, being he had a nice empathy guy. Empathy towards kids. I mean, he didn't like the women, but I get something. He had like break. two or three years of that, and then his psyche fucking just snapped back into where it was going to probably destined to go. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, Joe. By the fall. Holy yeah, there shit. we go. So even by the fall, four women had been found strangling, uh, strangled in Cleveland, and a fifth in Pretoria, and a sixth, the sixth in Boxburg. Now again, this so is, he these was are all busy. areas of. Right, and these are all areas yeah, around areas Johannesburg. Around where he lives. Yeah, yep, so. Yep. One of them was Sithole's mistress, Amanda Thiet. Her funeral uh, funeral was actually attended by Sithole, but the police arrested a different man, uh, David Salepi, after he was recorded by an ATM machine's video withdrawn money using Thiet's credit card. So more, he just got wrapped up because he was trying to be opportunistic fraud. That's yeah. That's what I. That's what yeah, the best that I could find out about it. I don't know if Moses gave him the card. I don't know if they were really like correlated or connected in any previous crimes or anything like that. But that guy got falsely arrested for the murder. But he I mean, did he have did, possession of her card. Yeah, but also too on top of that, and it, it's real suspect is that um, he was ended up later being shot by the police while reportedly leading officers to the site of Thiet's murder, and the case was considered closed. So that didn't help oh, either. Crooked-ass police, not in South Africa. Tell well, me, Joe. Yeah, but I say, yeah, that's one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> well, I, whatever. But wait, I'm not going to get into the police state shit. But yeah, so this is an example yeah. where they were, it's almost like the police were like, no, we closed this case. Stop yeah, telling people off. it's we not fucking close. We got paid our bonuses. Close. It's perfectly fine. Fuck off. Right, right. <laughs> Which leads us, Joe, to December 5th of 1994, when Moses's daughter is actually born. This is Moses and Martha's. If anybody has read the Bible or believes in that, you, y'all are getting triggered all over the place mm-hmm. by those names. This is some white ass. Well, technically some Jew-ass names because they were Jewish in the Bible, but white people love to name their kids like Moses and Elijah and shit like that. But yeah, so he had this daughter with Martha, uh, December 5th of 1994. Then what happens? And then just even a few months after her birth, 
Sithole and Martha ended up separating. Right. So he she pieces out. Sithole, he becomes homeless. Oh, so he pieced out. <laughs> and, he either pieced like, out or like he was living in her spot the whole time. And she was like, yeah, now that the kid's here and like, I'm back on my feet. You need to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I like to imagine. Martha sounds like a strong name. <laughs> you know, like a Martha in Johannesburg, I'm not fucking with. She'll beat my ass. <laughs> From then on, more women were, uh, you know, obviously found murdered at an increasing pace in Pretoria, mostly in the uh, Attridgeville Adder- area and Boxburg. Yeah, Attridgeville area and Boxburg, which again, okay. all this is surrounding. This is different uh Neighborhood. If you're in America or the UK or anything like that, different Sometimes neighborhoods, provinces, right? Because like we have Charlotte, North Carolina, nearby us, and there's and different areas and yeah. parts of it. You know, if you're in a bigger city like Chicago or New York mm-hmm. or you know London or anything like that, you know, there's there's kind of yeah, like you said, districts and areas and stuff, mm-hmm. but they're all under that branch. Yeah, yeah. So, but they're always not far from a railway, so that's why they're like you know, it's. It's uh, oh, necessary to give you the names. He, oh, telling, maybe telling on himself. <laughs> you can't have a pattern. I know, right? So the police stated that they still believe Salape was the Cleveland killer, but that they couldn't rule out a connection to the new murders. Right. And now don't forget, Salape was the one that we just mentioned earlier. Uh, that was uh, the one that was uh, David Salape. Uh-huh. That had that ended up having actually the credit card for Amanda Thiet, and yeah. he got pinned with the murder. So, and again, at this point, he's gone bye bye. Yeah, when he went to go show police like evidence that he wasn't guilty, they fucking whacked his <laughs> ass per per what we read YouTube. If you have something better, let me know. Uh, oh my but god, I know, right? But uh, but yeah, like you said, they believe that he was responsible for the ones that they said he was responsible for. But when they're talking about like the connection thing, it's almost like they're trying to hint at a copycat killer. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh no, we got the right guy, but this other guy's following his mo." So we now want to pay back that bonus. <laughs> you goddamn right. <laughs> so the press ends up uh, dubbing the spree the ABC murders. Here's at, where we go, yeah, kids. After the initials of Adderidgeville, Boxburg, and Cleveland ABC. And wondered if they were committed by the same killer, which would then later, you know, render David sleep as innocent. Sleep. Right. So eventually, after he's been murdered by the police, allegedly for any, I don't, you know, I'm reading this stuff, you know, from the articles we find. But so after he's been whacked by the police for basically trying to lead them to some place that would prove his innocence, uh-huh. they then later were just like, oh, all this other evidence came to light, and whoops a daisy. Uh, he was innocent, Joe. <laughs> yeah, so South Africa's first profiler, Mickey Pistorius, was signed to the case. She determined that the Cleveland murders were perpetrated by two different killers. That doesn't sound like she's 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 got it there. No. <laughs> one of whom was also the one And that's not a sexist thing, Joe. I just want to point that out because there's all the women, all the all the female dreadheads know me, but if you're new here because we've got a lot of new people, that's not sexist. She just, I mean, listen to what we said she was just bad at her job yeah, it sounds like I, to me I, I, I'm not I, I hope it explains this a little bit better but she uh, she thought obviously it was uh, there was one person who was uh, kind of responsible for the Pretoria area and then uh, another person I guess for the Boxburg burger right right she, so she, that's she, why, she divided guess, them there was no ABC killer there's an A killer a B killer a C, you know yeah. kind of it, in the way she's kind of explaining it. 
Um, because there was still fear about a false accusation against Salip, Pistorius invited retired FBI profile Robert Ressler to check the evidence and revise her profile. Ressler spent a week in South Africa and ended up uh, in supporting the conclusion of Pistorius, including her prediction that the killer would contact the media. Well, that's just crazy that, that, that the person in law enforcement that brought in someone to verify their claims was able to verify their claims. I know. Like, that doesn't smell fucking fishy. Again, I'm not talking about Moses Sithole. Honestly, all of this is about Salepe. This is all about Salepe, a guy who was, I mean, murked by the police from, you know, again, the, the what we read because he was trying to prove his innocence. And they were probably like, no, motherfucker, like you, you had this. And again, he did have Amanda Thetes or Thete or whatever's card. Not a good look, bro. Yeah, and I mean, it, it doesn't help that there was a lot of hysteria and it, it surrounding these murders, and it had reached such a level that even the then president, uh, you know, Nelson Mandela, he whoop, whoop. was making, he had to make a public appearance, um, and ask viewers for their cooperation. So, oh, so because so like, there was just like the one uproar. of those like presidential arrest or uh, addresses, yeah. Well, cooperation, too, to help him find this person. If yeah. it's causing that much problem in the area, you obviously want to get it, you know, rectified as soon as possible. Yeah, and women just being scared in general, you oh, know. yeah. Yeah. Um, October 3rd, uh, 3rd 1995, Sithole called the uh, Gouting. 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 Newspaper, the star. The Gouting that star. That his name was Joseph uh, Maguina, and that he was the man that is so highly wanted. So here we go. We're feeding into some narcissism here yes. now. Now he's wanting his recognition. And at least that gives uh, that Victoria criminal uh, profile at least a little bit of a hat tip because she it, was at least well, right about that. Well, no, he, she wasn't the, 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 what was it, the other uh, investigator that she had brought in. Uh, was the one, uh, yeah, and oh, Robert uh, Ressler was the one that you know verified her verified profile. and said was like, hey, this killer's going to contact the media, so he could, I guess, already see signs of narcissism there. But then again, that probably came more or less from if he's reviewing real evidence. Let's just assume he is. He's high enough up this Robert Ressler guy, where he's actually reviewing legit evidence. Then nothing is going in the favor of what was it, Andrew Thiet or Thiet, or sorry, that the the um, the uh, oh my God, the one that started with the fucking P, Joe, or sorry, Celepe, mm. who had Thiet's credit card. If that's all they had to tie it to it, and he had access to this, he's like, okay, this guy suddenly disappeared. So I, you know, it seems like maybe when he got in there, he was kind of like, I, I don't know, there's something fishy going on here. I. I- Possibly, yeah. He then gave them a lengthy interview in which he claimed responsibility for almost all the murders, but denied any part in the ones committed in Cleveland. Well, I mean, I, why wouldn't? I, wait, I don't know. So what? I don't get. I, I don't about, get that. I was that. about to be like, well, why wouldn't he? Because he doesn't want to face that. Infamy, then why contact, not just yes. go ahead and claim all? I of would them. claim all of them. Yeah. Maybe it's just shitty police work, and they were just trying to throw more on him than what he really did. I don't know, I, but he he also insisted that he was not responsible for the deaths of two year old Sibusiso Ndlangamandala is N D L A N G A M A N D L L A and his mother, and uh, claimed that he actually loved children. Sidhole said that he hated women. 
because he had been imprisoned after one falsely accused him of rape. That we're going back to the earlier stuff here, but you know, I, at this point, do you really think it was a false accusation, Joe? He's not giving himself any actual, like, uh, I don't know, credit or anything by doing this kind of shit. No, no, and... Like, you can't let what someone accuses like, you of become of being make so you become that. So, my thing is, like, I always... Not that I want to believe somebody... Like, I want to believe that that's what the situation was, but I tend to believe that a lot of people finally have that straw that breaks their back. Like, that one fucking thing that... Just one toke over the line. Yeah, the bad experience and trying to get away for a minute, and I then all a of a sudden of you audience. get with a girl and... You know, she does cry wolf, and you're like, man, fuck life, fuck being nice, fuck this cunt. Like, you know, maybe that was the tipping point. I don't fucking know. I, bet a lot of our I don't audience... know what it's like to go that fucking crazy. Right. I've been a little crazy, but I've never well, gone that guy. Yeah. But who, what does it take? You know, does it take a situation like that to probably snap a human being? I don't fucking know. I don't know. Not even tra- the sh- other people we've covered that have had like traumatic tra- childhoods and let themselves be the victim of it to become a victimizer. Holy shit, that's a lot of fucking variables in play. True. Well, while wrapping up this interview that he did to prove he was really the killer, Moses actually finished it with some clues about the location of an undiscovered victim, Joe. Now, meanwhile, the police learned that all the identified victims went missing after being offered a job by a man. They checked a phone number that many had uh, actually called before their disappearance, which actually belonged to Moses Sithole's sister, Joe. Now, after realizing that Sithole's history matched details given in the interview uh, uh, of Maguina, you know, his alias when he yeah. called in and shit. Uh, it was announced that Sithole was wanted for the murder, so he literally fucked himself. His image was released to the press. The whole thing of him contacting the media literally did all of this. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, what kind of fucking dumb hubris? And I, I mean, there's always that... <laughs> I would say if you if you enjoy serial killer folklore or history any of that shit i think most of us can agree that at least in america uh, and mostly because of the way that we have the, the amount of media and press we have people who commit these kind of things their end goal is to get caught yeah notoriety right like Infamy. once the fun i think they kind of resolve it being like look i'm doing too much of a heinous fucking act i'm gonna get caught enjoy the ride and then enjoy the ride of getting caught yeah, yeah, I and hear that. maybe he was feeling that way. Possibly, um, he ended up calling his uh, brother-in-law and telling and tells him that he needs a gun to protect himself. Yeah, no shit. Um, they agreed to meet at a factory where the, uh, his brother-in-law worked in Benani, and Francis Molovhedsky, an undercover officer, posed as a newly hired security guard. When Sithole arrived, he asked for his brother-in-law. The, off, the other security guards who were unaware of the operation told Molohedzi yeah, yeah, to get him. Um, he refused to leave his post because he didn't want to lose sight of Sithole. Suspicious, Sithole flees, and Molohedzi chased him into an alley. I keep on trying to like pronounce it a new way Molohedzi. each time I read it. Molohedzi. Oh, fuck this. You take over. <laughs> All right, so, so, so yeah, Mullahedzi chases uh, Sithole into an alleyway, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mullahedzi identified himself as a police officer to Moses. 
and fired two warning shots. Uh, uh, but, yeah, just did a couple of desk pops out in the alleyway <laughs> right to the sky. You know, I hope no angels or birds were clipped. Uh, but Sid Hole attacked him with an axe uh, and actually wounded his hand. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this, everybody. I'm for everyone's uh, ability to protect themselves at all times. <laughs> but I would dare say if you feel the need that you need to walk around with an axe, like if that's just your go-to, <laughs> you may need to talk to someone. <laughs> Like, I'm not saying that people aren't after you, but I think that you're more concerned about things than maybe you should be, and you might be going about it all fucking wrong. You shouldn't just be walking around with an axe, Joe, but but Moses was, and he actually injured the officer's hand when he did it. And in return, Mullah Hedzi shot him in the leg and the stomach. Now, the stomach, I've been told, is one of the worst places to get shot. Yeah, it's a lot of mushy tissue down right. there, man. So he, he clipped him with the leg and then got Moses in the stomach, thus finally bringing his, his fucking killing spree to an end. But now, of course, like we do, Dreadheads, that's not the full story. So let's get into what happens after capture. Moses Sithole was then arrested and rushed to a hospital where he was in critical condition for two days. Yeah, with the stomach and leg wound yeah. from his fucking... <laughs> surprise, that's what happened. Surprise. See, that's the thing. other thing about toting an axe around. Like, especially with a cop. Like, the cop has a gun. Like, yeah. even the shittiest countries you know of, the cops have a gun. It might be a shitty gun, but they have one. Don't go swinging an axe and wound one of them because you're just going to get shot. Like, that's all that's going to happen. I was just thinking, like, third world countries. Like, maybe the calibration's off. Like, maybe his aim's going to be really I off. Gotta maybe feel, I'm more accurate with the axe than that gun is shooting. I got to feel like the cop was like, all right, shoot him in the leg so he can't run. Then shoot him in the stomach because fuck him and his fucking axe. <laughs> After his recovery, he refused to make a statement until he was visited by a female officer. Gross. He then claimed to have committed over 10 murders and described several in detail while he masturbated. Wicked gross. Sithole was formally charged with 38 murders. Uh, while in remand, Sithole agreed to give a recorded interview to an inmate under the pre- premise that it would be sold and his part of the benefits would go to his daughter. All right, that's like the only cool thing this guy's done. <laughs> ever in his whole fucking life apparently uh, i guess this time sithole admitted to 29 murders and said that he did not know where the other nine came from and according to sithole he got his uh, man or main thrill from watching his victim's eyes bulge out when they died fucking gross so fuck would that be like strangulation and shit yeah that's what he's into because that's the other thing i couldn't really find like methods and stuff like maybe it comes down here like in the in the notes because again everybody don't forget we've been on a hiatus we i personally have concocted done i have yeah i have put notes together for like somewhere between eight to ten episodes this is the first one so these notes i am just as shocked as the rest of you (laughs) with what we might about to read uh but yeah so yeah you know uh, at his trial, right, Sithole declared himself innocent <laughs> of all charges and accused the police of forcing him to confess. Now, I, this, I would feel like, plays into 
the wanting the spotlight, wanting the media attention, because when he says stuff like that, oh, it extends the story. And then maybe if he says that kind of stuff, it extends the trial. He's in the headlines more. He's talked about more things yeah. like that. Would yeah, you more agree? Of a chan- yeah, more of a chance that he could be acquitted because of he's already been like you know judged by the public too much. Right, yeah. right, right. Now during the trial, it was discussed that Sithole targeted unemployed black women in their twenties who looked after their appearance. He offered them a desk job, and after a train trip, he led them on foot to one of his killing sites in the Gooting area, claiming that it was, you know, a shortcut to his office. Once there, he ended up telling, you know, tells them that um, he's been hurt by a woman, that he was, you know, oh wow, and that's when he's going to rape and yeah. kill them. Yeah, he they- would tell them, hey, that because this woman hurt me, so I'm going to rape and kill basically I, I, telling the woman, like from Rose's series, like I'm going to rape and kill you unless you stop me. Like almost inviting them to try to stop him. Cause you know, unless they defeated him. So if they, if you could fucking get away from me, that's fine. But this is what I'm going to do. If not, which is another level of sickness. Yeah. Absolutely. Because obviously it's a I whole mean, new level of control. Right. Exactly. Uh, and and he then would, he didn't even give them a, un, he gave them an unfair advantage because then he's going to bind their hands and dress them, uh, rape them more than once and then strangle them. in. Well, that, that was location. more than likely like after they couldn't stop him. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, he would bind, uh, you know, tie them up, undress them, rape them, you know, multiple times and actually strangle them there. He strangled the first victim of his with his own hands and the rest with like a ligature, uh, that was actually taken oh, from the victims like themselves. Pan- so yeah, yeah pantyhose, yeah, something like okay. that. He would take something off the victim and, and do it then. So I, that was kind of his thing. Yeah. But like it, there we go in the notes. Mostly their own panties, but sometimes, yeah, belts, shoelaces, and purse handles. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Now, the last victims were strangled with the garrote made with their clothing and a stick. These last victims were also raped and killed directly over an older body, and their hands were bound to their necks to make them unable to struggle without strangling themselves. That's fucked. Yeah, Sid Hull would masturbate while his victims died. Uh, Afterwards, he covered their faces with their own clothing and weighed the clothes down with stones. All right, so so there's a lot of enjoyment in in the death part of it. Yeah, he's and 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 some of that stuff sounds like it's it's prolonging the time there. You know, if you're trying to kill someone, you want to you know unless you're obviously twisted, you want to get in and out quick. The longer you're there, I mean, that's the more opportunity someone sees or someone hears or anything like that. But he, he's almost, he's relishing in the act. It's not like a, some of the other ones we talk about where they go, they go back home and relish. Oh, yeah. No, you know, they'll, they'll, no, they'll masturbate yeah. to the thought of what they did or they'll, they'll write down diaries and shit of what they did and get off in that yeah, way. Well, like, I'm, I'm curious if that makes it then more because he's willing to uh, take more risks at the scene of the crime. Um, for sexual gratification, if it makes that more of like the um, uh, the catalyst as like the more of the sexual uh, oh, like the, deviance the, of it than right, anything the, else. The, the fact of how long he's been there and not gotten caught. Yeah, multiple rapes. Well, the narcissism. The multiple rapes, the masturbation. He's 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 rolling the dice to be right. there longer. Well, that and would feed into the narcissism. For the sexual gratification. That would feed into the narcissism that made him actually call in, you know, and, and pronounce himself to the media, which also yeah. got him caught up. Yeah. Is the fact that he couldn't just do this and not, be, and not be, he couldn't do it and not be known for it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. 
On December 4, 1997, Sittholl was found guilty of 38 counts of murder, 40 counts of rape, and 6 counts of robbery. And Moses Sittholl was sentenced to 2,410 years in prison with no possibility <laughs> of parole for 930 years. I got to give it up to whoever this, whoever decided on the time frame there. Because I love that they Somebody were like, they were like I love it. They were like, hey, hey, you're going to serve 2,410 years. <laughs> but after 930, we can talk about parole. <laughs> like, what a fucking dickheaded, cool ass thing to do. Like, as long as that's not me in court. Obviously, if I was as fucked up as Moses Sithall, I would deserve it. But like, you got to kind of like the dude was just kind of fucking like dabbing on him a little bit right then and there. Now, the judge told Sithole that if capital punishment was still yep. used, he would have been sentenced to death. Exactly. So, yeah, at this time, there there was no death penalty in South Africa or anything like that. So, that's why, more than likely, why you would actually have someone pronounce such a long sentence as 2,410 years mm-hmm. with a possibility of parole, parole at 930 because they're basically being like, look, we can't kill him. But we will hold him without a doubt until he dies. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, that's fucking, that's fucked up. Um, so he ends up, uh, you know, said he was incarcerated in the CMAX section of Pretoria Central Prison, the highest security block in all of South Africa. And he's currently incarcerated in Mangong Correction Center in Bloemfontein, Free State, South Africa. Yeah, so we got to sit here. Okay, so he was born reminding myself again 1964 so 74 84 94 04 2014 that's 50 years so so oh so he's like 57 58 now yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah he's still got a lot more time to be kicking mm-hmm. around in that prison more yeah. than likely yep yep but yeah over 850 years to go <laughs> yeah dude don't you hey you hang the fuck on yeah. who knows with modern medicine i heard the chinese cloned fucking pigs and announced that it was so fucking good like <laughs> about a week or so ago so Hang on, Moses Sithole. You may see 930 <laughs> yet. But what we can all agree on is you ain't seeing shit because this is audio. But we are, you are hearing the end of episode 34 of Spread the Dread podcast. It's so fucking dope to get to be back with y'all. We missed y'all so much. Yeah, well, thank- we're a little rusty, but thank you for sticking with us. Right. Thank you for continuing to listen to us even when we were on hiatus. Thank you for all the words of encouragement yes, and messages in the time. comments. I really appreciate it. And so yes. many messages and comments. I wish I, I wish I had time to read them all out, but I, I mean, you, you all all know who you are, yeah. and it was just such great proof that the Dreadheads really are a fucking family, small we may be. But we appreciate y'all hanging in, and I don't really think that it's going to be that long before you hear the next episode for us again. All the notes are already taken and everything like that, but it's just great to be finally doing this again and again. We missed y'all so much. We know y'all understand, but we definitely fucking missed them. But let's wrap it up one more time, Joe, and tell them for all things Spread the Dread associated, what's the one website they should remember? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And as you so eloquently put it earlier, this podcast, what are they going to find there? Fucking everything. Exactly. (laughs) Social media, links to where you can get all of our podcasts, our store, where you can buy merch and support us, the donations, all of that. And then don't forget, if you want some free Spread the Dread swag, all you got to do is leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, screenshot it, Send that to us with your mailing address, and we'll send you out some five-star super spreader Spread the Dread podcast stickers. And if you're still waiting on your stickers, hound me. 
We're going to try to get all these sent. We're going to try to get our loads sent out this uh, upcoming Saturday, this weekend. So if you've sent them, if you if you've sent a screenshot of your review and all that shit, and you haven't got your stickers yet, do me a favor and remind me so that we can make sure we take care of all that. Yeah. Joe, is there anything else? No, that is it, babe. That is it. Episode 34 is wrapped. And as always, we tell you, I'm John. And I'm Joe. And thank you for listening to this episode of Spread the Dread. And no matter what you're doing or what who you're doing it with, morning, noon, or night, get out there and do it just like our man Jack Torrance tells you to. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?